The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, along with my co-host, Joe Truini. And this week, like every week, we've got a lot of great information lined up for you because you know you're at the right place for the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. During this first hour, we're going to talk about squeaky stairs. Boy, how aggravating can that be? Is there things that you can do? Absolutely, we're going to be able to get right to that in just a minute. Also, garage organization. You know, once it cools down a little bit, it's great to get out of the garage and utilize that place a little bit better than you might be utilizing it now. Also, we're going to tell you about a cool new product that you're able to refinish concrete, make it look a lot better. Also, we got a lot of emails. And Joe, what about that simple solution coming up in just a bit? Got a quick tip on how to extend the life of leather work gloves. All right. Good. Good. Boy, once you spend <laughs> spend money on leather work gloves, you want them to last a little bit, don't yeah, you? Yeah, they're not cheap. So you want to extend them as long as possible. That's right. Hey, Another thing, um, you know, since we announced my retirement a few weeks ago and all, I've gotten some fantastic emails, really, really nice emails. I, I appreciate it. I've actually um, took uh, almost a whole day and answered every single one of them. I think there was, I don't know, three or 400 of them and, and uh, answered every single one of them. I really appreciate oh, it. There was a lot of uh, important things in there. But I did want to reinforce a couple things. First of all, um, the radio show will continue through the end of the year. So we'll continue all the way through, um, you know, in um, – um, around Christmas time will be our our last show. Uh, the television show wraps up the first week in September. But as we've mentioned, there's a lot of places that you can see today's homeowner television show online right now and from now on. Places like Zumo, Tubi, Freevee. A lot of people are watching us on Freevee. Um, also, the Roku apps. You'll be able to find us there, as well as go to todayshomeowner.com and you can find the today's homeowner television show. But great emails, I really uh, appreciate it. Uh, Joe, we've got a lot of people that um, have written in that um, right. also uh, listen to the radio quite a bit. Yeah, that's great. And uh, is there any better testimony that you've done a good job, Danny, when you have people call in and not call in and say, thank God you're leaving TV. We're so sick. <laughs> We're so tired of looking at you. Chelsea, we could go another 25 years, but that did. You know, so uh, so that that's that's really nice. I mean, what better, like I said, what better testimony than that after all 25 years on the air? One time, I remember when you were on the air 20, when the TV show was 20 years on the air, we had a list of television programs that didn't come anywhere near 20 years. And some of them were like the most successful TV shows in the history of television that never made it past like 10 or 12. So to go, right. to, to go 25, that's quite an accomplishment. Good for you. Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks again to everybody that's uh, taken the time to write us. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times people don't realize uh, how involved someone like I am. Uh, actually, all of the emails that come in at 
todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Uh, I read every single one of them. Our producers put together a lot of um, the, the pieces for the radio show and so forth like that. But overall, I'm um, answering, uh, you know, and, and reading a lot of those. So it gives a great idea of, of exactly what people are thinking about, the kind of things right. that they want. And, and one of the things uh, on a lot of the emails that we have gotten, Joe, um, especially with the extreme heat that everybody's oh, uh, yeah. dealing with right now, I mean, turning on the news and, and see record after record of, and we won't get into any kind of global warming issues here. We're just talking about comfort level, uh, your utility bills being high. Um, what can you do? A whole lot of the reason utility bills are high is because what's above you is not working right. There's a, a lot going on in your attic space that can help you keep your home comfortable. Uh, Joe, one of the things that uh, people get a little confused about is when they're, um, you know, uh, faced with a situation of adding a little extra insulation in their right. attic, which uh, we always say to keep it simple, 14 inches of insulation. Take your tape measure and pop up in that attic. Be careful and measure exactly what you got. Uh, 60% of the homes in the United States right now do not have enough, but it's uh, so simple to put insulation in an attic, but still confuses people quite a bit. It does. We often say, and we talk about this year round, that um, attic insulation, you'll make your money back because it's going to keep your bills down. And, and this is in every part of the country. Some people think, oh, you have to live in Maine to, have, to care about this. But no, you get in the Sun Belt or up in New England where I am, you need at least 14 to 16 inches of insulation. And if you peek your head up in your attic and you can see the top edges of your joists, the, the ceiling joists, then you know you don't have enough insulation because you shouldn't be able to see those. They should be buried in insulation. And um, when and if you have insulation in your attic, which I'm, I'm sure you, most people do, if you don't, then you're really in trouble. But you, you, they have insulation, mm -hmm. but it's inadequate. So what you want to do is put unfaced, meaning insulation that does not have a foil or a paper face on it, and you put that on top of the existing insulation, and you go, and if it, there are bats, um, bats of insulation, you run them perpendicular to the joists, perpendicular to the insulation that's in there now. And what that does is you butt it tight together and just helps um, cover up any holes and gaps in the insulation. But you'll, you'll immediately have lower bills, whether you're heating your home or cooling your home. And we mention it a lot that you don't have to do the whole attic when you when no. you put your head in that no. up in that dark attic and it's hot. You go, huh? I don't want to spend a lot of time up here. Well, you shouldn't, especially if it's very hot, and you need to be very very careful of all of the wiring that's up there as well as your foot slipping off and going through the drywall ceiling. Those kind of things you got to be super careful with. But even if you only do a couple areas with insulation, you're, you're going in the right direction on that. That does make a, a big, big difference on that. And also, when you think of insulation, you might immediately think of itching and the irritation aspect of it. Well, the manufacturers have listened and uh, rock wool, uh, which is a mineral wool or stone wool insulation, will not irritate most people's skin. And also, even the pink insulation now, Owens Corning, um, they have an insulation, a new gen insulation that also uh, is a lot better on that. Um, Joe, another thing we get a lot of questions about is, should I put a ridge vent in? Right. Maybe you yep. could explain um, a little bit about what a ridge vent is and when it is sure. very effective. Yeah, ridge vent is typically, as the name suggests, it's a vent that goes along the ridge of the roof, which is the peak of the roof. But it only works, and what it does is exhaust hot air from the attic, but it only works if you have air coming in. So typically there are soffit vents, meaning where the roof overhangs the walls um, up in the soffit, there are, there are vents. Typically they're um, 
There are long linear strip vents that go in there. And without those, there's no point in having a ridge vent because again, you have to have air coming in. It works all through convection. It's, there's no mechanical device. So the air flows in through the eaves in the soft from the soffit vents, go up between the rafters and out the ridge vent. Now, that's all good, but you have to make sure of a couple of things. One, that you're not packing insulation in the attic so tight in those eaves that you're blocking the airflow. And also they make like there's thin styrofoam baffles that go baffles, against uh-huh. right that go against the roof sheathing between the rafters and it creates enough airspace so when you so when you put the uh, if you put insulation in there air can flow up behind these these baffles again because you don't want to block the flow of air um so if you don't have um soffit vents there's no point in installing a ridge vent so you'll have to do both if you don't have either and can soffit vents be added? Absolutely. You oh, sure. can put yeah. a continuous vent in as well as individual soffit vents. Uh, it's not fun because you're working basically up, you know, your, everything's upside, upside down, down, down yeah. and everything's cascading down on you. But uh, again, you can do a portion at a time and all of it will help ventilate that attic. Now, if you already have an existing attic exhaust fan, nothing wrong with those. You just want to make sure it is working properly. So you may want to get up and have, it'll have a thermostat on it. You can turn the thermostat to activate it to make sure it's working well. Also, they're notorious for going out and there's nothing that'll tell you that it's out unless you get up there and really check it. You can replace that with either one that has power or I actually used a couple solar powered exhaust fans at at my house. I'm very satisfied with them. Matter of fact, I'm getting up in my attic this week, a weekend to do a little bit of work. I want to check all of them out to make sure they're all looking good. So you you wanted to wait until it was really hot before you Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we got at least 100 degrees before I got in my (laughs) attic. (laughs) It's it's my new weight loss program. Program. I'm, oh, I'm good. A, yeah, yeah it's a, it works pretty well. I could do about five or six pounds a day, but after that <laughs> second or third day, I don't, I don't, I don't feel too good. But anyway, we were just getting started here on today's Homeowner Radio. A lot of things to share with you. When we come back, we're going to talk about what you can do to squeaky stairs to kind of quieten down that whole action. We've got a lot of information for you this week here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show that's nationally syndicated all over this great country, including this wonderful station, KXLEAM. 1240 in Ellensburg, Washington. A special hello to everybody there. Hope everything's going good for you. And if it's not, and you got a few questions around your home, we want to help you out. And all you have to do is pick up the phone and call 800-946-4420. Or you can send us an email anytime at todayshomeowner.com. Right now, we're going down to Florida. Lloyd's on the line. Lloyd, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on around your house. Uh, Yes, I have a set of stairs that is made out of uh, pressure-treated wood, and they've dried out, and when you walk on them, they squeak. And I was wondering if there's a way to stop the squeaking. Okay. Lloyd, excuse me, one quick question. Are these indoors or outdoors? Uh, these are indoor. Indoors, okay. Okay, so this is um, a set of steps made out of treated wood that transitions from your house to the garage. 
Yes, yes, sir. Okay. All righty. Well, um, here's what I would do. Um, first of all, do, do, I assume these stairs, um, is there some type of access under the stairs? Are you able to kind of lay on the ground and get in there with an arm, or is it closed off? Oh, no, I can get underneath. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, and maybe it's a little extreme to some, but I I, I just have this love for construction adhesive. <laughs> and <laughs> and there's, there's so many ways. You can get a couple tubes of construction adhesive, 6 or $7 a piece, and get um, anywhere that you can inject that between the stringer and the the actual tread, the, the, the pieces of wood. And anywhere that you can caulk that and inject that construction adhesive in there, then while it's still wet, get some coated deck screws, two and a half or three inch deck screws, and then go ahead and screw all of the treads back down to the stringers again while the um, the construction adhesive is still wet. And uh, that's just about as good as you can get because the construction adhesive is helping and the, um, the, the deck screws are helping to prevent that friction between the two pieces of wood that cause the squeaking. And then after you do that, I would, you know, stay off of it kind of for a day and, uh, you know, you know, if you walk on it one or two times, no big deal, but just kind of let it dry as much as you can. And uh, I think you'll see a, a noticeable amount. I bet it knocks out 90% of the squeaks, and then you can kind of look at the other 10% to to eliminate those as well. So uh, I think you got a pretty manageable project in front of you. Okay, that sounds great. Hey, Lloyd, I had a quick question. So are you able to identify which parts are squeaking? I assume, as Danny did, that it's the stringer's um, you know, it's where the treads sit on the stringers and that's what's squeaking. Um, but is yeah. it, do you hear it squeaking as you're walking up the steps? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And do you know, are those treads screwed down or nailed down? They're screwed down now. Okay. That's good. Cause the other option would be to unscrew them, pull them up, put down a bead of it, of adhesive, like Danny said, construction adhesive or silicone or something. What you're creating, of course, is just, you don't want that wood to wood connection. You can even just cover it with some builder's felt or some thin cardboard, any, any way to isolate those treads from the stringer, from the tops of the stringers. And um, that would quiet it down as well. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Good luck. All right. Best of luck to you, Lloyd. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Okay. Thank you. All right, our pleasure. Hey, I always invite you to send us emails anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Got a great one from Marty in Mississippi. Hello, guys. Hope you're doing well. I have a patio that I let my contractor talk me into doing with an exposed aggregate finish. And now we're unable to walk on it because it's so uncomfortable. I'm looking for a quick fix. Can I tile over to pour new concrete over it? What do you suggest? Thanks so much. You guys are the best. Well, Marty, we appreciate all those great words. And, and I know I have an exposed um, gravel patio around my house, my previous house, and uh, it was fairly comfortable, but still barefoot, it just was not as good as a smoother surface. So I can relate to what you're talking about. And a lot of the exposed aggregate can be much rougher than other types. So um, I can understand that. But there's several different options here for you. Um, one would be to use a recap material like Quickrete um, provides. Um, that'll allow you to pretty much smooth it all out, and it'll actually look like a brand new slab. 
slab uh, for a fraction of the cost. Now, if you wanted to pour a new slab on there, you could. But as a general rule, the thickness minimum for regular concrete is two and a half to three inches. So that could cause you problems with your walkway or your drainage and everything. Not sure, but that's another option. But also a lot of homeowners find that it's pretty tricky to get a dump truck into the backyard in order to pour it. So that could be a consideration. And Joe, I guess, you know, um, I know in your wonderful tile book that you wrote a few years ago, you um, probably addressed this kind of issue, but there's yes. still a, f a fair amount of of surface prep, even outside, before you can put what you'll probably recommend, a porcelain-type tile. Yeah, if you're going to tile over it, you have to do porcelain, but I don't think I would recommend tiling over it the surface the way it is now, so he would have to probably resurface it. The two options for exposed aggregate is usually grind it down flat or flatter or more comfortable or to resurface it. Um, there's really no other option. So Marty would have to choose one of those. And like you said, it's a quite a bit of prep work to tiling. So I think I'd try either use recap from Quickcrete to resurface it or rent a grinder or hire someone to grind it down. Then if you're not happy with it, you can always tile over it. Okay, Joe, we've got another email from Darlene in Texas. Looked like we have to do a little... Um counseling okay. family counseling we, we've been in that position before we have. so yeah. so darlene says we remodeled our kitchen a few years ago and i wanted to install a farmhouse sink but my husband talked me out of it instead oh, we installed an under mount double sink now, that's not the end of the world uh, but but i still want my farmhouse sink my question is, can I remove the undermount sink without damaging the granite countertop? Oh boy, Joe, we're we're yeah. getting ourselves right here in the middle of that. Yeah. It's like she's it's like she's whispering to us and and he's sitting next to her on the couch, you know. Yeah. And uh, okay, I want to hear what these guys have to say and I'm going to come and just let you know all about it. <laughs> yeah, well, Danny and Joe said I could do this myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh let's be fair about this. Um uh, the, the answer to the question would um in most cases would be yes. Um but it's 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 really tough when you're talking about granite. First of all, uh, you're going to have to have someone, and I would suggest a professional uh, with the right type of commercial cutting tools to, if you're going to replace it, to remove the existing sink, and then you'll have to cut the existing granite in place in order to accommodate the farmhouse sink. And you'll also probably have to alter that cabinetry below it there. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Jo Joe, we're, we're talking about quite a bit of money here, and yeah. this is going to be a tough one to, to make a decision um, on if it's really feasible. Yeah, removing the sink isn't the issue. It's, as Danny suggested, it's cutting the front edge of the countertop and the cabinet below because you have to make room for the apron on this farmhouse sink. Um, so you would have to call in a pro. But yeah, if her question is, can I remove the undermount sink without damaging the granite counter? Absolutely. You have to figure out how it's attached. Sometimes they're just attached with an adhesive. Sometimes they're attached with clips and screws that go into threaded inserts, which are essentially like the female part of the screw that goes up into the underside of the cabinet and fits in a hole, and they screw into that. The clip screws into that. But either way, you can remove the undermount sink, but that's just the beginning of the project. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and I've done that and I've installed a lot of the farmhouse sinks and, and uh, they are quite a bear sometimes to install. But man, does that ever look good when you have that, um, that apron on the front of it that you can, yes. you know, that you can see. And, and, you know, it's just like the old fashioned uh, farmhouse sinks, you know, that, uh, that were gigantic. I mean, I remember these things in um, some of my country relatives' houses. It just had to, I mean, the sink is almost as big as the bathtub sometimes, you know, yeah. and, 
and actually used as a bathtub sometimes with the little babies and the dog. So uh, you, you but, decided not to use a farmhouse sink in your new home, though, right? I don't remember you, in your kitchen. Do you have a farmhouse sink? I don't no, think so. My, right? my, no. my wife, I, she didn't think it would go along with the you know the contemporary look that she oh, wanted and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And and you know I'm a pretty smart guy. I listen to my wife, and you know I do. <laughs> yeah, the first the first forty years of your marriage, you weren't too smart, but the last year you're starting to wise yeah, up. Yeah, I'm starting to come around a little Every bit. Every forty years or so, we we decide yeah, exactly. to pay attention we, we to our wives. recalibrate ourselves. Yeah, That's I what get we it. Do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, we're going to tell you about a brand new type of gel that will kill roaches. I've never heard of anything like that. Also, we're going to talk about garage organization and talk about that valuable space you have there in your garage if you do it right. All of that and a whole lot more coming at you here on today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment, brought to you by the Home Depot, how doers get more done. You know, nobody likes finding roaches in their home, but unfortunately, finding them is really a difficult job when you're ready to apply a pesticide. They hide in nooks and crannies, and, and you can't hardly see them, let alone treat them. That's where Combat Max Roach Killing Gel comes in. Now, its formula attracts roaches with the food and water that they need, and because it's a gel, you actually apply this with a syringe. You can treat all of those nooks and crannies where those roaches hang out. Plus, the gel starts killing both the large and small roaches within a matter of hours by ingesting or on contact. So you can eliminate even more pests. Now, for more information on this Combat Max Roach Killing Gel, log on to Home Depot. Dot com. That's a new approach, and I can see where yeah. the jail the will hang in there a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, again, this time of the year is where if you've got any kind of roach issues, you're going to really – you're going to find them because they're everywhere. Yeah, and you never have one roach. So if you see one roach, you know you have an infestation because uh, this is very seldom. It's like with mice. You never have one mouse in the house. And, you know, what What a, What great fun is it to have a plastic roach. You know, you got a, pla- a couple, you know, you can buy a dozen plastic roaches very cheap. Now, I know this personally because I oh, have I done bet. this. And uh, just to have those subtly here or subtly there, that's just good, clean fun, you know. <laughs> unless, you know, unless they're so scared of roaches that they run and they fall and they break their leg, then you kind of feel bad. That's happened to me a time or I two. I like the way you said you kind of feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline right now. Mildred is on the line from New York. Mildred, welcome to the show and uh, tell us what's going on around your house. Oh, thanks, Danny. Yeah. Um, You know, we were inspired to clean out our two-car garage uh, after seeing an episode of your TV show, as a matter of fact. Uh, And now I'm trying to convince my husband to get rid of some stuff so we can finally (laughs) park our cars inside. And uh, we wanted to install one of those garage storage systems, but they're, they're just so expensive. So we're going to try to attach some two by fours to the wall, you know, to support uh, the plywood shelves that we want to use. But the garage walls are made of concrete block, and so we're not really sure how to securely, uh, you know, screw those two by fours in place. So I wanted to know what you thought. 
Okay, sure. Be glad to help you on that. And and, there, and I agree with you. Um, I mean, it's nice when you go into, you know, a fancy garage and you have all of these matching counters and matching things. And, and boy, I priced out a, a, a garage one day and wow, they are proud of those things. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, when you think about if you, if you build the right um, plywood shelving using two by fours and plywood, like you're talking about, go ahead and paint it, you know, go ahead and make it nice and, and pretty mm. and easy to clean and so forth. And, and that's going to serve you just as well and to get as much stuff off the ground as you can and mm-hmm. you know even you know up above your head height some of those things that are lighter that you can store away some of the holiday things some of the ice chests things like that can really can really make a difference but securing that to the wall is the key thing to make it a success what i would suggest there's a lot of ways but what i've used a lot and really works well going back to my favorite the construction adhesive and mm-hmm. um, attaching those two by fours to that and then if if you're able to see um, where the joints, the actual mortar joints of the block is, that's mm-hmm. the perfect place to use a drill, a, mason, a wood drill to drill through the two before, then a masonry drill to drill into that uh, mortar joint, and then use tap cons. Are you familiar with uh, tap con concrete screws? I, yeah, I think I've heard of them. I'll have to yeah. do a little research. Mm-hmm. And, and they're a blue color. I don't know why, but it's it, oh, most right. every- yeah, yeah, yeah. Most mm-hmm. everyone I've ever used is blue. And if you get the right drill bits, buy some extra ones because those things always dull out really bad. And if you really line up well, get you some good light there, put plenty of construction mm-hmm. adhesive on it. And if you're able to let that two by four go all the way to the floor, that's going to help you tremendously on the support. Mm-hmm. But if you have to pull it up off the floor for any reason, you still can be successful in this in gluing it putting the tap cons on it, and I would give it three or four hours to really dry before you start attaching anything uh, to that. Um, is that all making sense, and do you think that'll work for you? Uh, yeah. If Would I use a different kind of anchor in the sort of hollow space that isn't the concrete block? Um, if you're not going against the concrete block, yes. Um, certainly, if you can get to any of the two-by-fours or any of the framing that mm-hmm. you can screw into, um, that's far better than anything else because if you just have that hollow area where it's only drywall, um, mm-hmm. I would hate to tell you that that would be the way to go. Even though you okay. can have hollow wall anchors to secure it there, that's still going to be a very weak spot in there. Okay, great, great. Thank you so much. All right, Mildred. Well, uh, thank you, and I guarantee to you the before and after in there is going to amaze you and you'll feel so much better and your husband's going to be so proud just think about that so maybe he'll throw away some of that old stuff he hadn't used for years huh we can only hope there you go okay mildred Thanks. thank you so much and have a fantastic okay, week you too bye all right appreciate it you know that's the thing joe with uh with garages i mean garages storage buildings wherever everybody sure. can reorganize those and uh, boy what a great positive after shot after you get all of that kind of thing organized how many years have we been on the radio where we get those questions about we want to park our car in the garage yeah, I know like it. it's such an unbelievable thing that we could actually park in the garage <laughs> like yeah that's sort of the idea of a garage hey, let's go to another email here lisa in hickory north carolina last year i planted vegetables herbs and flowers in several uh, different containers which i kept on my back deck however potting soil has gotten so expensive i was wondering can i reuse last year's potting soil it saved me a lot of money and thanks for any suggestion um not really sure that you really need to 
to get rid of it completely unless last year's crop was not what you wanted. The short answer is yes, you can reuse old potting soil, but you have to make sure that the last year's plants didn't have any kind of fungal disease or they weren't attacked by, I think they're called borers, vine borers. I guess there's some kind of bug. Um, so long as there aren't any pests or disease in that soil, um, so assuming that the old soil is is clean for the most part um, and healthy, then what they say is you should discard, take out the old plants, of course, dump those out, and then bust up the old soil, make sure it's not compacted, kind of get it loosened up, and then remove about a quarter of it. And then, And you can use that in your compost or in the garden someplace else, and then add one quarter that you've removed, add new potting soil and work that into the soil. And then you can add your amendments, whether it's bone meal or seafood shells or kelp, whatever. And then you mix that all in. So basically, in a worst case scenario, maybe 25%, that one quarter is new soil. Because you're right, I don't know what happened to potting soil, but it sure got expensive over the years. Yeah, I know it. So one way that you can save a little money is just not replace it completely. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, if you've got an ugly concrete slab around your house or in your house, we'll tell you how to make it look a whole lot better. That and a whole lot more here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Wizard Screen Solutions. Find out more at wizardscreens.com. You know, wanted to uh, tell you all about a way that you can make a concrete slab around your house look a whole lot better with a brand new product. Because in recent years, I've seen a particular type of project really grow in popularity because people are converting unfinished areas into living spaces that are very attractive but can still handle some wear and tear. You know, garages and basements being converted into game rooms and hobby rooms or porches and patios change into outdoor living rooms. A lot of different changes where you have concrete that can really bring down the overall look of in many cases these areas have bare concrete floors so upgrading that surface is one of the best ways to elevate the look of the space the trick in doing that without losing the natural durability of concrete now paints and stains change the look they often require reapplication within a few years because they peel or wear off but there's a different type of treatment called roller rock from Deitch coatings it's a great solution for these type of projects the difference is a roller rock isn't paint. It's actually a high-performance concrete coating made of real stone. And when stone bonds to stone, you have a very durable surface with a cool speckled stone appearance. Now, Roller Rock comes in 15 standard colors, and even though it isn't paint, it's as easy as paint to apply. Just roll on two coats with their special stone-textured roller and then seal it with their special epoxy dry coat finish. Now, it also resists water, UV rays, salt, chemicals, mold, mildew, and even hot tire pickup. So if you want to find out more about Roller Rock, check it out at DeitchCoatings.com. D-A-I-C-H Coatings.com. Another way you can really make a big difference out there. Joe, I'll tell you what, I talked earlier about the wonderful feedback and wonderful emails sure. that I've been yeah. receiving after announcing my retirement. I appreciate each and every one of those, and I'm going to return every one of them if it takes me Another 40 years. I'm going to read. You got nothing to do, right? (laughs) Right. That's what everybody thinks. But (laughs) I did get one here I I wanted to share with you uh, because uh, it was very special. Our last uh, show that we taped was the one we did. Big 
community service project, over 100 people in the group that helped us at the USS Alabama Memorial Park. We are very proud of that show. You'll be able to see that the first week in September. That'll be our last show that we air of today's homeowner on broadcast television, but we're everywhere on streaming channels. But here's one from Bill in Oregon. Bill mentioned your USS Alabama project brought back a lot of memories. You know, one of my jobs at the Recreation Center when I was stationed at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi from 1969 to 73 was to escort tours to the ship and to Bellingraph Gardens. Hey, it's a tough job, but someone had to do it. I also went over there many times on my own to both the ship and the beautiful gardens. Now, I have tray after tray of 35-millimeter slides. The last time I was there was in the late 80s. Fond memories, and thanks for the show. Well, thank you, Bill, for writing in. I hope everybody's had a chance to see that. Again, you'll see it uh, the first week in September, and then it'll go straight on to our streaming channels and it'll live there forever. So very special way to, to take a look at it and see what we did to make that landmark and historic mark um, hang in there a lot, a lot more. Hey, Joe, let's squeeze in a little email here if we can. All from right. Boone, Iowa. Carrie says, hi, Danny. I love the show and listen to it every Saturday morning on KWBG AM 1590. A few weeks ago, I heard you and Joe discussing how to remove dog odors from carpeting with a homemade cleaning solution, but I don't recall exactly what you had in the solution. We have wall-to-wall carpet in our bedroom, and Roxy, our two-year-old chocolate lab, sleeps at the foot of our bed every night. As a result, there's a little bit of funky odor in one spot. Could you please share with me the recipe for the cleaning solution? Joe Carey wants to improve that without uh, getting uh, Roxy upset. So what what would you suggest here? What you want to make is not a cleaning solution, but it's actually an odor neutralizer. And what you're going to do is mix two cups of distilled white vinegar with four tablespoons of baking soda and put it into a like a 32-ounce spray bottle and top it off with water, shake it up so it's mixed really well, then liberally spray the carpet where the dog sleeps every night. And you want to get it, you know, cover that entire surface and maybe a little beyond where the dog sleeps. And then you'll let it soak in for, I don't know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so. Then get some paper towels and blot the area to remove any excess moisture then wait until it dries. Um, and once it's dried, what's happening is the um, the distilled vinegar will help neutralize the smell and the baking soda will absorb any residual smell. And so once it's dry, then you vacuum it up because the, at this point, the baking soda will be like a powder. Vacuum it up and then see how it smells. You'll see it be, if it's not gone, if the odor's not gone completely, it'll be dramatically reduced. And if necessary, you can repeat it. But that that's the solution, a little vinegar and some baking soda. And now Roxy's bound to have a birthday coming up and a, a cute little pad or one of those sleeping beds, you know, that, yeah. that lay right there over it. Uh, I think that'll be a win-win for everybody. That's yeah, what, put down that's a little rug, one of those rugs that you can uh, throw in the washing machine. They'll appreciate that. Hey, coming up, it's Simple Solution time. I really want you to hang around and hear this one. Pretty neat coming up here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Duck Brand Weatherization Products. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for Joe Truini to step out to the edge of the stage. The spotlight hits him, <laughs> and he, he gasps for breath, and then 
he dives into the audience to dives into the audience sir and people move out of the way and he crashes to the floor <laughs> dives into the bosh pit why did he <laughs> right. do that <laughs> all right what about this simple solution joe what do you have right, danny here's a quick tip on reviving leather work gloves leather gloves provide superior protection against splinters and blisters and puncture wounds and they last forever if you take care of them um, but once they get wet and they dry out they sometimes can become stiff and brittle and over the years they might crack um, and become uncomfortable to wear. So here's how to resuscitate the driest, stiffest leather gloves. What you first want to do is coat your hands, your bare hands, in a thick layer of petroleum jelly and slip on the gloves. And that'll condition the inside of the leather because you want to do both the inside and the outside. Then take a big scoop of mink oil is what I typically use. You could use petroleum jelly, but mink oil is better. Get a big scoop, use the gloves as scoop up some um, mink oil and rub it on the outside of the gloves, paying particular attention to the area between each finger and the ends of the fingers, and because often that's where the stitching is. Allow it to soak in overnight, then um, treat the outside of the gloves with a second application of mink oil the next day. And what you'll find is if you do that regularly, especially if they get wet, which is the issue, um, these gloves will last virtually forever. You know, and uh, I have like several work gloves and most of them are the ones that are, I don't know what they are, nylon or something like that. And, mm -hmm. and they're really mm -hmm. comfortable and they're soft, but they don't last very long. You know, the leather work gloves, again, if you take care of them, they'll last virtually forever. Now, 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 did you say take the gloves off or, or leave them on overnight? You have to yeah, sleep no, with you these gloves. On. Yeah. Is that what you, you can sleep, you can sleep with the leather gloves if you're expecting trouble, wow. but uh, ordinarily Boy. you would take them off. Yeah. Boy, if you have to scratch your head or something like that, it, it, <laughs> kind of go, what's on my hands? Okay. Right, well, just making fun of you, but that was that's that's, that's a great okay. one. And I have I have some leather gloves that last a I mean, they they'll last forever, it seems like. But when they're brittle like that, they're no fun at all. Oh no, you can't hardly you know, even too. bend them. You know, so I know it. <laughs> and they're expensive <laughs> and a lot of people don't buy them because of this. And uh, you know, so they should you know, you should definitely get them and just take care of them. Um, I think the last pair I bought was from a company called Wells Lamont, which has been around forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're beautiful yeah, gloves, yeah. but they're pretty expensive. So you want to make them last. Hey, want to remind you that you can go to todayshomeowner.com right now and see over 550 video versions of The Simple Solution. Also want to remind you that while you're there at todayshomeowner.com, find out where you can see the Today's Homeowner television show, where you live. We're all over the country, all over the streaming platforms. But this week, we're showing you a show called Kids Bathroom Update. But it doesn't matter what kind of bathroom you have, you're probably wanting to do many of the things we did in this particular show. We show how you can actually paint the ceramic tiles. A lot of people ask us about that. Replacing some of the leaky toilet parts that can cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars every single year. How to properly paint a vanity, a vanity that's a little tired looking. You can make it look brand new by putting the right kind of paint on. And also, if you're looking down and noticing that grout around that ceramic doesn't look as good as it used to, well, we show you how you can clean very easily and stain the grout to get that consistency that makes it look so good. Again, go to todayshomeowner.com where you can see the show in your neck of the woods. Uh, Joe, there's uh, only about six weeks left there, six or seven weeks left on the Today's Homeowner television show on broadcast. Uh, it's a strange thing to think about. I bet six or seven weeks left after 25 years. Yeah, that's you're wild. winding that's down, wild, but, you're winding down. But, but I'm real proud of it, real, you know. Yeah, you should be. And you've got a whole new life ahead of you, you know, with, I mean, we're going to continue with the radio show to the end of the year, but um, how much of your time was spent working on thinking about the rate, the TV show? And all that time is going to yeah. be free yeah. for your wife to tell you, get outside and pull weeds or whatever. 
Yeah. I know it. Get get outside at least. Yeah, at least, at least just get, get out of the house, please. <laughs> hey, this is uh, pretty much wrapping up the first hour of today's Homeowner Radio. So glad you were able to spend some time with me, Danny Lipford, and my co-host, Joe Truini. Thanks so much for being with us for this hour of today's Homeowner Radio.